In a world where people are famous for doing nothing, we're here to discover the ordinary individuals who take giant leaps to do something extraordinary. Welcome to Moving Forward. Hello everyone, this is John Lynn with Moving Forward, and today my guest is Gore Bolton. Gore is an investor, business engineer, and an award-winning innovator and entrepreneur. He is the CEO of Piranha Tank and is currently writing Spawning Piranhas, a book aimed at guiding entrepreneurs towards becoming investors. Welcome, Gore. How are you today? Hey, great to be here. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. Uh, It's great to have you on the show. I'm really excited to share your story with our listeners and for them and for myself to learn more about Piranha Tank. So we're just going to go ahead and dive right in. So Gora, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and share a little of your career journey with our listeners? Sure. It, the The quick overview is that I was a, a serial and parallel entrepreneur before those terms kind of came into current state. Hmm. Um, I was uh, started out as an engineer, got my undergrad at the University of Maryland, and got into real estate. Uh, through that process, learned a lot about the businesses that move across real estate, uh, whether they're the tenants or the uh, landlords or the you know that entire process, uh, commercial, residential, industrial. So I got a lot of exposure to a lot of different businesses. And um, that was really instrumental in being able to understand all of the legal and partnership agreements that happen when businesses get formed because uh, real estate is a big uh big decision that people get into. But then as a result, all of the financing, all of the legal terms, uh, the capital raises, the debt structuring, you get exposed to all of that in that business. Um, So it was a really, really fascinating background. And then I started realizing I was more interested in the tenants that were taking up the space than I was uh, creating the space. Uh, So I decided to start making a transition to being more of an investor and on the business side. Uh, than just on the real estate side. Oh, that's really interesting. And share with our listeners, how do you make that shift? How do you make that transition from you know starting out with a very you know, traditional career as an engineer to becoming what you call a serial entrepreneur? Well, it's really hard. Uh, it, I think that's the big thing. You know, every, uh, There's a lot of shows about it and people like to ce- celebrate it and, and all of that. But when you go to your family and you go to your immediate support system and your friends and you're like, you know, this really nice job with a really nice income and benefits <laughs> and in a really stable sector yeah. just isn't doing it for me. Um, you know, a lot of people lose support in that process. I, I, I know I did, and I know a lot of my peers uh, go through that. That's the, the what I call the, uh, if you remember the scene from Indiana Jones where he goes across the leap of faith. Yes. Um, you know, the bridge wasn't there until yeah. your foot is on it. Um, that's kind of how that feels at that moment. And, and so I have a lot of people that have been through that, and it really can cause a lot of, it's, it's a lot of fun. But it can also create a lot of stress because you're leaving something that is known and you're getting outside of your comfort zone and all of the cliches go along, stretching the rubber band, you know, leap of faith, all of that. Um, It's really tough. And you don't realize it's really what's happening until a lot of times you've already kind of made that transition. Mm. 
So the transition a lot of times is is best revealed after you've taken the path. <laughs> yes. Um, so that is a, a big part of my journey specifically. I, I was becoming that when I didn't realize it. You know, when when things would get, you know, after two or three years, a, a lot of entrepreneurs will say the same thing. Look, you know, this has turned into a, I've done my job. I've turned this into a system and process that makes money. It's time for me to do something new. Um, and I think anybody with that entrepreneurial spark is going to feel that way after a certain period of time. Absolutely. I think you encapsulated it perfectly. And I love the Indiana Jones analogy because I think that's that fits so perfectly into taking that literally that leap is walking across a bridge when you don't know if that bridge is underneath your feet. It's not until you take that first step. So I think that's really critical. Gore, can you tell our listeners a little bit about Piranha Tank, its mission and what led to its creation? Yes. Piranha Tank was inspired from the very popular Shark Tank show. Uh, however, what we really wanted to do was show the difference. Piranhas operate in freshwater, uh, which is where the majority of people live. Uh, they also operate a lot like angel investors. They're they're pretty uh, pretty aggressive and pretty and they work in teams a lot of times. There's normally more than one of them it takes to solve a problem. Uh, one of the big questions we get asked a lot of times is, you know, do the piranhas attack the entrepreneurs? No, 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 no. we attack the problems, mm. um, and that's a that's a big differentiator. We we uh, we're tough on the entrepreneurs as we should be as investors, but I think what we really are out there to do is to be able to bring together a community of investment vehicles that normally are really hard to bring together, whether it's a social entrepreneurship, whether it's environmental entrepreneurship, whether it's a combination thereof. We're really interested in businesses that um, do what we call the piranha bottom line. Uh, most everybody's familiar with the triple bottom line, and, and it's normally in terms of people, planet, and profit. We really believe in the conscious capitalism model of you got to put profit first, otherwise the people in the planet can't be taken care of. Yeah. So we really believe in that, and we want to make sure that uh, business models have a profit model um, to keep it ultimately sustainable, because otherwise it's dependent on grants and subsidies and things that may not be there next year. Yeah. And for our listeners who may be familiar, many of whom may be watching Shark Tank, can you define what a piranha is in the entrepreneurial world and why you decided to go with the name Piranha Tank? Sure. So we, w we wanted to go with Piranha Tank because we definitely wanted to show the difference between um, the TV show uh, that is out there as well as what happens locally. So our vision uh, and what is evolving in Piranha Tank is um, people that live locally. Uh, a lot of businesses, because of the advent of the internet, the Piranha investors are all over the map. When I meet with potential Piranha investors, they uh, a lot of times, they're not active where they live. Their business interests are all over. The internet over the last 10 or 15 years has created this possibility for people to live one place and work almost around the globe. Mm. So a lot of times those business relationships are actually not where they are locally. And so what, what I, myself and other investors saw was this whole journey of entrepreneurship and raising capital and, and people having to kind of leave their community in order to get things done. But yet at the same time, the frustration, uh, my background in working with economic development offices locally, chambers of commerce, you know, these groups want 
their community to prosper. And so there was kind of this push and pull between I got to go raise capital for my business. I got to head to where the capital is to now, hey, I can actually have my support system and my family units and my local, you know, the place I like to live and play and all that. And I can actually have an avenue to be able to find investment in areas of interest to me through this network called the Piranha Tank. Oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. And I know that our listeners are going to be excited to learn more about it. And we've posted the website, which I'll have you share at the end of the show uh, on our website. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So we, we just really, we just really are all about really significant problems uh, being dealt with at a local level and people being able to find support in that network. It just, it's just really important to work on, interesting and meaningful things. Yeah. And did you ever envision that when you started this entrepreneurial journey that it would take you to Piranha Tank? <laughs> Never in a million years. Um, yeah, it really is one of those things where you start to uncover and, and peel back the layers of what really interests you when you have conversations with people that are interested in being up to big things. Um, there's a, that, that old school law of average of, you know, you're the, you're the product of the five people that you let influence you. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's always true. And so allowing those five influences to be the highest level possible, um, really accelerates the journey, uh, of entrepreneurship. And Gore, how do you get inspired each morning to conquer the day? Well, I uh, I have I have a really powerful support system at home in my wife, and uh, she is a she runs on average uh, two marathons a year, so she's way ahead of me on the exercise scale. <laughs> but what I will say is is that I am a student of history. Uh, growing up in the D.C. metro area, it's it's hard not to be influenced by uh, some of the founding fathers and the presidents and all that. And I and I became a particular student of Benjamin Franklin. And he published uh, a calendar uh, and a daily template for how to live your life and how to do good every day and, and how to kind of set up a routine that props you up for success. And, and it really starts every morning with uh, faith exercise and figuring out how you're going to attack the day. Mm. So those three things have just become a real, you know, real routine in my life as far as what to do. And I took this, um, I was in this class uh, from a motivational speaker several years ago, and the guy had a tip and the tip went like this, to take a sign out and print out the words, every day I play like a champion. Mm. And stick it up on the wall and make sure you read that to yourself every day. And, and I do that. And it, it's, it may sound kind of hokey and it may sound a little corny or whatever. I don't really care. It works for me. And I think that's the point of motivation in the morning is you really kind of have to figure out what works for you. It's really hard to walk into a meeting upset with the mindset of I'm playing like a champion. And it really increases my emotional intelligence and awareness in working with other people by really getting centered around, if I'm going to be a champion in business, I've got to have this handled. Absolutely. And I love that practice of taking those thoughts and journaling them, because it's one thing to have that kernel, that idea, but to actually write it down, I think there's something with the permanence of actually imprinting it that actually leads to the right mindset and the right actions so that you can conquer the day. Yeah. And, and, and also, I think uh, the notion of champion really sticks with me because 
when people think about a champion, right? I mean, a lot of people think about some of our culture, like, you know, Rocky, or they think about, you know, something like that. I mean, champion in, in create something in your mind where failure is there, you know, where, where failure is part of being a champion, failure is part of being a hero, so to speak. Mm. So in that context of using champion, it's not that you're going to have a thousand batting average. Actually, over the weekend, I saw an, an interview where Warren Buffett was interviewed about uh, something. And he said, if you're batting a thousand, you're in the minor leagues. Like you've got to strike out to show that you're moving up the chain. Yeah, I think that's really an important lesson. Well, Gore, that leads perfectly into my next question. As you well know, part of the career and especially the entrepreneurial journey is about facing setbacks and failures. So I was wondering if you could share with our listeners a time when you failed and a lesson that you learned about when it's the right time to pivot or shift course. Sure. So I think any entrepreneur that's honest with themselves will say that uh, the answer to the failure question is always, I've had more than I can remember, <laughs> but, I, but I have enough to know that I've done it. So a major setback that we had in 2008 was when the uh, stock market crashed in October. I was actually on Wall Street being interviewed by different investors and investment houses to raise money for a tech startup that we had created in 2007. And it was in the moment in the cab ride on the way back to the train station after we had been kicked out of several investment house meetings that day because the market tanked so bad oh, wow. that my partner and I looked at each other and he looked back at me and said, I have a feeling we're about to go on ice for a period of time. Hmm. So we had raised a little bit of seed money and then basically all investment activities stopped. So we had a full-blown capital raise we were in the middle of right at the crash of the market. Oh, my <laughs> and, gosh. And, um, you know, we took a couple months off, right? I mean, I, I, I used that time. I got my scuba diving certification. I went on a cruise. Uh, there wasn't really much to do in the spring of 2009 from a business and capital raise standpoint. But what I realized I needed to do, uh, and I had several friends that did this, was, you know, hey – you, you need to figure out this drastically changed. Um, it's not your fault. Uh, you you missed time something here, but you have to get back up and go to work. You have to go do something to feel productive during the day to move forward. Um, this wasn't wasn't what your plan was, but this is where you've ended up. Um, and one of my um, one of my favorite uh, business partners at the time, uh, he actually he and I met. And we were having lunch and he looked at me and he said, you know, Gore, this is like the sign at the mall. And, <laughs> it, and it says, you are here. Um, it doesn't care how you got there. And the sign has no influence over where you're going, but to show you what the possible destinations are. Oh, wow. It, it's really up to you to just own how you got to this point and then own the map forward. Yeah. And that was a real shift because it really caused me to revamp a lot of things during 2009. Wow. And share with our listeners, Gore, what was that pivot moment for you? So it's been said, you know, everybody loves a winner and uh, nobody knows the phone number, you know, nobody knows the phone number of a loser, right? And that's true. When, you're, when you've suffered um, a downturn or a, a loss in business or anything like that, it's, it's the old adage of who's walking in that counts mm. uh, versus who's walking out. And there were a couple people and they inspired me even to this day. Uh, to take a look at how I treat people that are going through failure. I had a couple people that during the downturn were just 
so vigilant and so friendly. They were just so kind-hearted and they they didn't wait for me to call them. They were the ones that called me to check in. And one of my mentors early on in my career, he said, you know, Gore, when you get to my age, and he was probably 60 or 70 at the time, if you have five people that will call you when you have a problem, you are rich. Don't ever forget that. And I remember specifically in 2009, 2010, when things were still shaky, I can remember that I actually remembered what he said several years prior. And I looked at my phone and I looked at who I was texting the most and who was calling me the most. And there were five people that would call me when other people wouldn't. And that was really, really powerful. And I just, I take a hard look at, do I want to be the person in somebody else's phone that, you know, keeps them you know, motivated and moving forward through the adversity they may be going through. I love that perspective. The five people who are looking to you to help solve their problems. That's how you have a great tangible marker for success. And I think that's something that moving forward listeners can really, really benefit from. So thank you very much for sharing that. Sure. All of entrepreneurship, you know, success is a journey filled with um, numerous and countless failures. And so along that road and along that journey, you've got to be prepared to understand that the most important thing to do is to keep going. Yeah. Uh, that you really, there is no stop. Uh, you'll have, uh, one of my greatest mentors used to say that you'll have plenty of time for sleep when you're dead. Mm. So, so you may as well just keep going. And, and the downturn in 2008, I mean, it really tested me. It tested my emotional intelligence. It tested my fortitude. It tested my endurance. It tested my will. And I know a lot of people that went through that and a lot of other entrepreneurs that I've been friends with through that time period that it just really caused them to dig deep as to who they were. Um, A lot of us drastically changed our business models in 2009 and we found out that we were overexposed in 2006 when everybody thought we were geniuses. Wow. Wow. Gore, we're going to now move into something that I call the Knowledge Burst Session. And this is where our guests share three game-changing tips and resources so that our listeners can benefit and move forward. So, Gore, I'd like you to pick one and share with our listeners. Has there been a particular movie, book, song, or cultural experience that inspired you to move forward? Yes, I, I would say a cultural experience, and, it, and it's really a uh, a series of them. There's there's lots of different ways I think to kind of get this education. But I think the, especially the new economy, really to be inspired, you have to be really connected to what a lot of people today call your emotional intelligence Mm. and your emotional fortitude. And there were a couple classes that I took, whether they were week-long classes or whether they were weekend classes. One particular program that's popular here in the D.C. metro area is put on by a group called Landmark Education. Mm -hmm. And Landmark Education just kind of meets you where you are, and it really questions your integrity and what you're up to in life. And I really got a lot out of it. I found it to be incredibly inspiring and incredibly motivating, and it really stirred up a kind of what's so for me in my life that I wanted to drive forward and and how am I causing that to happen for others there, there's lots of uh, other similar programs I've partaken of of several different ones I'm a particular fan of that one but in three days it's amazing the shift that I was even able to make 
at a level where, you know, people would have said, what do you, what do you need something like that for? You're doing well, you know, like to me, that's the perfect time to really kind of rip it apart and tear it down and rebuild it is when everybody think thinks everything is great, uh, right? Like that's absolutely. perfect time. I think that's fantastic advice. And moving forward, listeners, education doesn't stop with just your degree, whether it's undergraduate, graduate, that there's this constant life learning that I think Gore has just shared with you through workshops, through seminars that are available in your city. So check those out. I think that's really a fantastic share. Gore, share a daily practice or habit for prioritizing and managing your time. Yeah, so really very simple. I'm a big believer of uh, really working it down and keeping it simple. Mm. Uh, As a trained engineer, a lot of times we make things too complicated. (laughs) My, My wife will appreciate that when she hears this interview. But basically, back to Franklin's daily calendar, Benjamin Franklin really kind of had a routine. And when I follow that, I get a lot done. And then I read a book several years ago. It was called um, The Seven Decisions. And The Seven Decisions, I like to call them the choices because I I believe they're more of a choice than a decision. But either way, I, I read this to myself every day how, you know, about being responsible, seeking wisdom, taking action having a decided heart, being joyful, being compassionate and forgiving, and most of all, being persistent. Yeah. And those seven things, along with every day I play like a champion, that's how I frame my morning every morning. And it's what I check myself against when I'm feeling outside of my comfort zone or I'm feeling um, like things exactly aren't going according to the time frame I'd like them to or things just aren't adding up. I refer back to this all the time to make sure that I'm helping to drive things forward instead of being an impediment. I love those two shares to simplify your list and your calendar as much as possible. I think Ben Franklin, it really is a great model to look at. And then having a set of principles, and you've shared seven of them, that is sort of that reset button. So if you do feel like you're getting off course or derailed, you have something to call back to you to just keep you back on track and on course. And Gore, can you share with our listeners a favorite app website, and I'm going to add to this productivity hack, that was the game changer for you? Yes. And uh, in this day of gazillions of apps and websites and usernames and passwords and, (laughs) you know, all of that stuff, uh, you would think as an engineer by training and a a serial entrepreneur that I'm, you know, I, I am a gadgety guy. I'm always looking for the latest or the coolest or whatever. But my greatest lesson in this came when I had the opportunity to meet uh, Jim Collins, the author of Good to Great. Mm. And in that conversation, uh, he was articulating a couple things. It was a group conversation. And uh, he was asked the question, he was asked a similar question to this. And we had all just read Good to Great, and it was kind of the rock star business book at the time. But he really expounded on the importance of what they call the stop doing list. And, and, and he talked about how you incorporate that into your business and how in their study of companies that really, really did well, they really got cleared up on what to stop doing. Wow. So, I, so I actually took that back to my yearly um, – you know, most everybody has their strategic planning year session in December or whatever to look to the next year with their management team. And, and most people that have their first one with me at a company, whether I'm on the board and, you know, most of the time I'm heavily involved in strategic direction of stuff I invest in. And I normally will run a lot of the strategic planning sessions. 
and 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 they're normally this is what we're going to do. We're just going to add more things to the to do list from last year, right? Like we were going to do ten things, we got through three, so we're going to add ten more, right? And so I really take the opposite. I really um, start the agenda with, please, everybody, write down on a piece of paper what we said we were going to do that we didn't do because chances are we shouldn't be doing it because nobody's particularly passionate about it. And number two, I want you to write down what we need to stop doing either interpersonally, service-wise, product-wise, behavior-wise, what needs to stop. And that question alone, those two questions have radically changed companies that I've invested in because it gives the lowest common denominator person in the company the ability to tell the CEO or the investors what is hokey in the company. And that is the true game changer. We spend so much time talking and hearing about to-do lists, but to actually have a stop list, I really think that is the game changer, not only for a company, but for an individual who's trying to move forward in their career. So that is a fantastic productivity hack. Yeah, and it's and it what it does is it it relieves stress in everybody that touches it. It's not a new app to learn. It's not a new system to learn. It's everybody had what it does. It gets at the source of frustrations that are stopping things from moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and it just you can watch the weight in the room get lifted when a group of eight or ten people are given permission to just let some stuff go and move on. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Gore, what is the one thing that our listeners can start doing today to bring them closer to their career or life's purpose and to move forward? Well, I think the the big thing is you have to choose what you want to do and you have the right to change your choices. So many times people get hung up that they chose to do this and they're therefore now I must suffer within my choices. Well, you have the ability to choose again and keep choosing until uh, I love this infographic that a lot of times people see on social media where it's the it's the intersection of what makes you jump out of bed mm, and yes. what and what other people get excited about to pay you for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, when you find that, that's kind of interesting, right? Because it doesn't feel like work. Uh, I've been there before. There are moments where I wonder whether I'll get back to that point, right? So I think anybody that works through things knows that. But I, the overall thing, is when you're happy about what you're doing, it becomes infectious and contagious to others. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and just and and that's all ties back into the stop doing list. If something's making you unhappy, take a hard look at why that is. Do, you know, it may you may need to do it in order to get there, right? Like a, a CEO or somebody that starts their business that says, Well, I'm not any good at financial forecasts. Well, <laughs> guess what? You're not going to be very good at being a CEO or an investor then. So it's it's those levels and standpoints that you want to be able to tie into and and just be able to touch those edges I call it where you are expanding outside of your area and and being honest with yourself about those are really the times at which you find out what where your passion lies and it can change uh, and be okay with it changing. Yeah, I, I think that's the huge takeaway from today's episode is that moving forward listeners, you have the opportunity to shift. You don't have to 
just trade time for money doing the same thing day in and day out. You can give yourself permission to change and and find something. And it starts with being honest with yourself. And Gore, I think that's really, really the critical point. So very, very cool. Thank you very much for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. Gore, what is next for you? Well, our big uh, movement this year is we're working really hard on the Piranha Tank show. And that really drives a uh, kind of threads a needle between everything we do. I mean, at our core, we're a, we're a venture firm that seeks out investments in early stage and seed stage companies. What we really wanted to do was bring the investment community and the innovative entrepreneurial community together. So uh, we are putting our book together called Spawn and Piranhas. We kind of call it the summation of those of us that were influenced by the E-Myth, uh, by Gerber, and those were that were influenced by Kiyosaki with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, there's really not a big conversation about how to be an entrepreneurial investor. Mm. And that's really what the essence of the Piranha Tank is. Most of the Piranhas are operating C-level executives. A lot of them are founders themselves. They aren't the people, and, and God love these people, they aren't the people that went and got an MBA or a degree in finance and then went to work at a venture firm as an analyst. These are people that have actually made payroll before. So having that kind of grit and determination and entrepreneurial know-how, uh, most of them have all bootstrapped companies. Most of them have sold something before they actually had it figured out. And so it's really the true essence, we feel, of um, local entrepreneurship. And that's and that's really, really the big thing with the Piranha Tank is it's the show, it's really the reality of how most businesses get started. I love it. Absolutely love it. And again, we'll have all of that information on our website. Gore, how can our listeners connect with you and learn more about Piranha Tank? The easiest way is to visit our website, piranatank.com. And it's funny, uh, as popular as that word is, a lot of people don't know how to spell it. So it's P-I-R-A-N-H-A tank, T-A-N-K.com, all one word. And they can also connect with me on Twitter at Gore Bolton, at G-O-R-E-B-O-L-T-O-N. And I'm also on LinkedIn, uh, backslash Gore Bolton. Awesome. We'll have all of that posted on our website. Gore, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your journey and knowledge bursts with our listeners. Again, I think the big takeaway here is that you decided that you were going to cross that bridge, even not knowing whether that bridge was underneath you, like in Indiana Jones. I love that image. It's stuck in my head. And also that becoming that serial entrepreneur is something that was just part of the journey. It wasn't a destination. It was it was just being present in the moment and being honest with yourself. And I love the hacks, you know, just prioritize and give yourself permission to formulate that stop list. So all really, really cool knowledge bursts. Thank you so much, Gore. Yeah, thanks. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. And listeners, for more information on Gore and all of our extraordinary guests on Moving Forward, visit us at bemovingforward.com. You can also find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. This is John Lim with Moving Forward, and we'll be back with a new episode next week. Now it's time for you to move forward and discover the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and BeMovingForward.com. All rights reserved.